when we think of Christmas, there are a number of things that come to mind, and one of those things is all the different symbols of Christmas. You see a few of them pictured here. And I thought, boy, you know, there are so many. I, I'm pretty sure that if we went around the room and everybody mentioned a symbol that we see at Christmas time, we could all come up with one and, and do so without even repeating in any of them because there are so many. But have you ever thought of this as being a symbol for Christmas, an anchor? An anchor was actually a Christian symbol for the ancient Christians, as is demonstrated there by that picture of an ancient artifact. An anchor. Now we might wonder, why would an anchor be used to talk about the Christian faith? Well, we have the answer of that found in these verses from the letter to the Hebrew Christians. We who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us, may be greatly encouraged. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner, Jesus, has entered on our behalf. as we have been talking this Advent season, preparing for Christmas, and talking about the journey to Christmas, we've looked at a number of different aspects of this journey, that it's a journey of joy, it's a journey of love. This morning we want to see how it's also a journey of hope, an anchor. Now, when we take journeys or, or trips, we kind of have a checklist of things that we have to do and we have to look into. For example, you may want to check out what the weather is going to be like when you're traveling or what it's going to be like when you get to wherever you're going. So you know what to, ex what to expect, maybe what kind of clothes to take. And of course, you have to do your packing. You've got to pack all the stuff you need, so you make those preparations. If you're going to be driving, you probably need to map out the route and make sure the car's in good driving condition and you have gas. And uh, if you're flying, well, you have to know when you're going to get to the airport, how long you need to go through the lines. Do you have your ticket? And, and along the way, you're probably also thinking, well, how much money am I going to need because I'm going to have to buy certain things? And where am I going to stay? Where am I going to eat? If I'm driving, how far will I go? Where am I going to stop to rest for a little while? Et cetera, et cetera. So when we take a trip, when we take a journey, there are a lot of things that we kind of run through to make that preparation. Well, I wonder what was running through the mind of Mary and Joseph as they're taking that 70-mile trip to Jerusalem, uh, to Bethlehem. And, and doing so on foot, or maybe on donkey, we don't know. But we do know that she was very far along in her pregnancy. Wow, think of the things that were, must have been on their heart and mind, huh? Uh, what road should we take, and how long is this going to take, and are there places where we can stop along the way? How much might this cost? How long are we going to be stuck in Bethlehem? And just exactly how much tax will we have to pay? Where are we going to stay? What are we going to do? It's interesting to note that none of those questions, while I'm sure they had crossed their mind, are recorded for us, because that's not 
where God wants to see they had the focus of their heart. But let's take a look at the conditions of the journey that they were going through. And we would, we would have to note that some of the things that they would have to go through that they were experiencing were not planned. Starting first with that pregnancy. That was not a planned pregnancy. In fact, we might say it was an impossible pregnancy because Mary was a virgin. Remember how the angel came to her and said she would conceive a child? And she asked the question, how will this be since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. An unplanned, impossible pregnancy was all unfolding because of God's working. But it affected Joseph, too. You know, he was pledged to be married to her and then finds out she's pregnant. Listen to what the scriptures tell us. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Joseph thought Mary had been unfaithful to him, and so that broke the relationship in his mind. It was time to break up, to split, there would be a divorce. An unplanned thing for Joseph. But of course, the angel comes and reminds him that this was from the Holy Spirit. And now his plans are changed. What had been, let's get married, now we better get divorced. Now we're married again. And now we're going to have a child, the Son of God. <laughs> wow. Unplanned circumstances. And then he has to make the long trip to Bethlehem. Why? Because Caesar declared that there would be a census for taxation purposes. A lot of unplanned things for this young couple on their journey through life. Do you have some unplanned things that go on in your life? Some turns that you take that you weren't expecting? Some things that come up that you had no idea that would happen? It's interesting to see, though, that while there are things that happen in our life that we would say were unplanned, God uses them in his plan. Yes, Mary was not planning to be pregnant yet. And certainly not with the Son of God. But that was God's plan. For he says, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. This was God's way of simply indicating this child, this miracle birth, was his son, our Savior. And as far as that trip to Bethlehem, that was part of God's plan too. 
whether he made Caesar have the census or whether he simply knew that Caesar would declare a census, God worked it into his plan. We're told in those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And so everyone had to go to their own town to register. So Joseph also went to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. You see, the prophecy regarding the birth of the Savior was he would be born in Bethlehem. So God has to get that family down to Bethlehem. And the prophecy was that the Savior would be born from the line of David. Joseph is from the line of David. So even though there are things that happen that are unplanned to us, they are planned by God. You can see that in, in your journey, too. Oh, it's hard trying to look ahead to see maybe what God's plan is for you. But it's easy when you look back at your life and see how God has been leading you all along in his plan. That gives you confidence then looking forward. God is leading you. But we also have to acknowledge that Sometimes when those things are unplanned, even though they're used by God, they can also be a cause of uncertainty for us. I mean, just think about Mary when that angel came to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Her response was, What kind of a greeting is this? What's going on? She was a little uncertain that an angel is there and has a message for her about being pregnant by the Holy Spirit, and it's the Son of God. Or think of Joseph, how uncertain he must have felt. What is going on with this relationship? And then when that's all figured out, now we're supposed to go to Bethlehem? How am I going to do that? And I'm supposed to be the father to the Son of God? Maybe he was even thinking, you know, this all happened in a dream, and maybe that's all it was, was just a dream. Is there some uncertainty in your life, too, about maybe where your job is headed, or school, or what's going on in a relationship, or things with finances? Or, or maybe God has put some opportunity before you. Maybe God is showing you a new direction that he wants you to consider in your life. And maybe that's making you feel a little bit, about, a little bit uncertain as to exactly what to do. Well, even though we might be uncertain about things that are going on, we can be certain about this. God knows what's going on. Not only does he know the what of what's going to happen, but he knows the why and how it's all going to work out. So here's what we need to do then. When these uncertain and unplanned things happen in our life, let's just follow the example of Mary and Joseph. When Mary heard what was going on, she simply trusted it and said, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. She simply accepted the direction that God had pointed her in. And look at Joseph. When he woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him. And he took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son. 
And then he gave him the name the angel gave for the baby, Jesus. When the unplanned and the uncertain happens in your life, simply trust God and follow his steps. So exactly what may happen in our life? Well, God gives us kind of a forecast. He lets us know a bit of what that travel, that journey is going to be like in life. Just like we may want to know the weather and want to know certain circumstances, the details of our trip, God tells us this. Not only will there be sunshine in your life, not only will there be the rain that you need, but there will also be some storms in your life. And so hold on, be ready for those storms. And as you travel on the road, expect that there will be some construction God is going to be working and fixing and adjusting things in your life. There may be some detours. There may be some delays. Sometimes maybe life will go smooth. Other times you may find that the road is narrow and crowded. There might be a lot of congestion. There might be a lot of other things going on in your life. In fact, you might find that there are some distractions you want to pay attention to. You might be distracted, you know, as you're driving down the road when you see something, you're looking off to the side. God said that might happen in your life too. You, you might take your eye off me. There might be things that call your attention away from me. So be on guard. Well, looking at that list with the storms and the road construction and the congestion and the distractions, gee, sounds a little scary to travel this journey, huh? No, listen to what God says in the book of Proverbs. The wicked are blown away by every stormy wind, but when a catastrophe comes, the lovers of God have a secure anchor. Yeah, life is going to have its storms. There's going to be times when it's trying and troubling, wearisome and worrisome, fearful and sorrowful. But there's hope that we Christians have. And that's what the writer to the Hebrews was talking about when he said, we who have fled to take hold of the hope set before us may be greatly encouraged. There is encouragement for us on this journey of life. That's what Christmas is. Don't be mistaken. Christmas is not simply a time for us to kind of be distracted with gift-giving and happy feelings and social events and all those things. It's not meant to be a distraction from the routine and the troubles of life. It's not just supposed to be a time of excitement. Christmas is a time of encouragement. And we find that encouragement when we look at the gift that God has given us embodied in Jesus that gift of hope. So as, as we make this journey of life, we can have the certainty that there is hope for that journey. And that hope is Jesus. We are encouraged to get that hope by fleeing to the heart of God. I'd like you to listen to how one new Bible translation puts part of that passage I read earlier. 
And now we have run into his heart to hide ourselves in his faithfulness. Now, when I read that, I thought, now, how did they come up with that Bible translation? When before it was just, and we have fled to, to hope. Well, that word fled means you are running to find a safe place for refuge. And for us, that safe place of refuge is the heart of God. So he goes on, he says, this is where we find his strength and comfort. For he empowers us to seize what has already been established ahead of time, an unshakable hope. What has already been established ahead of time and how? He's talking about God's promises of salvation. Now, an anchor, as he is going to refer to it, is something we use to, to hold a ship in place. You know, so it rests on the ground, and so nothing that can blow it away or so the ship can't drift off. And that's what he's reminding us of here. He says, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. When the wind and the waves of life tend to blow us around, maybe blow us off course. We, we start looking around. How do I get back on course? What do I do? What do I do? We start focusing in on ourselves. Or we start looking around at others. What advice can I get from others? What, 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 what would my doctor tell me? What would my financial planner tell me? Or I'll look, I'll look at technology. There's got to be an app for this somewhere. <laughs> we'll look at modern medicine. We'll do all sorts of searching, and we start to drift away from God. And he tells us, no, your hope is the anchor. Your hope in Jesus and that promise that he has held out of your salvation. All the details, all the plan has already been set by God. He's already revealed the plan to us. We may not know the details, but he says he has it all in control. So simply follow the direction he has set you in. But how can I be sure? Well, he said we have this as a firm and secure hope. And he bases that on his pledge of salvation. A pledge of salvation. A pledge means it's something that's sincere, a something that can be guaranteed. It can be backed up because of what is there. And what is there, he told us. He said it, that is your hope enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner Jesus has entered on our behalf. Okay, now what's he talking about? He was talking about their temple. Their temple had a section in it called the inner sanctuary. It'd be like maybe we would picture our altar area here. Uh, we have a railing up here. But they had a big curtain up here. And behind it was that Ark of the Covenant with the mercy seat of God on top of it. Now, the high priest was the only one who could go back into that inner sanctuary, and only one time during the year, after he had made a sacrifice for the sins of the people by shedding, by sacrificing the blood, a blood, a lamb, and taking its blood, he would walk into the inner sanctuary and sprinkle that blood on the mercy seat of God. 
Well, now the writer to the Hebrews says, we have a hope that we can enter that inner sanctuary because our forerunner Jesus has gone there. That is, he has gone into heaven with his body that was sinless because he lived perfectly to all of the laws of God, with his blood that was shed to forgive us our sins. And he's telling us that that Jesus is our assurance, our firm anchor, his body and blood, his righteousness and his forgiveness that allows us to enter heaven. And so he's urging us to have hope for this journey of life by simply holding on to Jesus. Now we use an anchor to hold a ship in place. I know you think, boy, Pastor Bork must be strong. Look how he just handles that anchor. <laughs> Thank you. But uh, this is just styrofoam. huh? So this anchor isn't going to do anything. It's styrofoam. It's going to float. It could be easily broken apart. But he tells us that the anchor we have with Jesus cannot be broken. You see, Christian hope is not just an optimistic spirit, you know, just a positive attitude about things. Christian hope is optimistic and is positive because of the certainty we have in Christ. We have a God who is certain. We have a God who is our hope. And that's what we base our faith on and our journey. So God gives us some uh, travel advice then for this journey. Before we get to the verses we read in the book of Hebrews, he gives us four things to be alert to. The first is, he says, don't drift from the word. He says, we must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. Pay careful attention to what the scriptures say, because that's what holds you to Christ. Then he says, don't doubt the word. He writes, therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. For we also have had the good news proclaimed to us, just as they did. He meant the Israelites who fell away from God. But the message they heard was of no value to them, because those who heard it did not combine it with faith. So don't doubt what you hear. Simply trust what God says. Third, he says, don't become dull to the word. He writes, we have much to say about this, but it's hard to make it clear to you because you no longer try to understand. Keep trying to understand, keep learning, and keep leaning on God's word. Finally, he gives this warning right before our text today about hope. He says, it is impossible for those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, who have shared in the Holy Spirit, who have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the coming age, and who have fallen away to be brought back to repentance. So he urges us, don't doubt, don't ignore, don't grow dull to that word of God so that you will not die spiritually. We are people who are on a journey. 
a journey to heaven, a journey based on the hope that we have in Christ. Therefore, we have this encouragement. Let's read this line together. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. That hope, plain and simple, is this beautiful Christmas decoration of an anchor. We're on the journey to Christmas, a journey that gives us encouragement because it's a journey of hope, because finally, it leads us to Jesus. Amen.